Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome, Zen Parenting Radio. This is either episode number 99 or 100. We haven't decided yet. Oh, really? That's right. Okay. And um, we're at Packet Team Studios. And Amazing. we just finished our interview with Ed Bacon. And yes. now here we are hosting the evil empire, <laughs> Parenting Unplugged. And why are they the evil empire? I don't empire? know. Remember we had that rivalry a while ago about... About the anger jar. Yeah. And it was probably Todd's fault because most things are, <laughs> right? I just want to remind you that I am your father. <laughs> In many away. ways, they are. That's right. They produce our show. Yeah, we so got to we got to keep them happy. So, anyways, um, first our partner. Um, who are we going to start with? We're going to start with Helping Hands Maid Services. Um, maid Services, all of the Chicagoland area. Give them a call. HelpingHandsMaidServices.com. dot com. You got it. Um, so here's the deal. We were kind of flying by the seat of our pants, which is pretty normal. Um, I'd like to welcome Todd Mansfield and Laura Mansfield to Zen Parenting Radio. Welcome, everybody. Yay. Thank you. Yay. This is so fun. And uh, we literally sat down, and we didn't have any ideas because we just finished the other interview with Ed. So Ed, um, Todd is going to tell us what we're about to talk about. So the big topic I thought for today was uh, how to handle hate and along with that sibling rivalry because it kind of just rolls right into that. Okay. And uh, so kind of dealing with hate as an adult which then shows your kids how to deal with it as well. And then, of course, I've had some parents lately say, I'm having issues with sibling rivalry. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. So basically, I'm like, well, wait, Kathy's here. This is like the perfect topic. (laughs) She's the expert. Oh, yes. Everybody should have a Kathy in their house. That's a a lot of pressure there. You're a pressure player. Well, I am, meaning I am here for it, but obviously I've got three other fantastic parents here, so I would hope to get some feedback. No, it's all on you. Oh, okay, great. (laughs) We're not talking for the next 30 minutes. That's right. (laughs) It's just you. Everybody listen. It's the Kathy show. Um, So where are we going to go with this? How do we start? Well, uh, first I want to explain uh, a situation that kind of got me uh, keyed in on this as a topic. So uh, about a week ago, there was a neo-Nazi hate group in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and they had a rally of about 50 people. Um, The funny thing was there was this huge other crowd that showed up. And usually when you have neo-Nazi rallies, you know, you start to police get worried and there's people yelling back and forth and a lot of hate issues going around. So um, this was the National Socialist Movement, NSM, a neo-Nazi hate group. And uh, there was only one problem. They were drowned out by a bunch of clowns. <laughs> and uh, so the counter protesters, who, by the way, were from this other particular group called the, let me double check it, it's the Latin American Coalition. And uh, they just want to go ahead and, and say, hey, look, we're a bunch of Latin Americans, immigrants, and allies that promote full and equal participation of all people in the civic, economic, and cultural life of North Carolina through education, celebration, and advocacy. So every time they said white power, they threw up flower and said white flower and just laughed. And their whole thing was, yes, we're dressed up as clowns, but you're the ones that look funny. Well, and you know, I love that story because I feel like it's a perfect metaphor for any experience that whenever anyone's bringing fear to a situation, because really hate is fear. I mean, we can make them synonymous in many ways. When anyone's bringing hate or fear to a situation, we always have the opportunity to bring love to it, which I think humor and love is very connected. Yeah, that was, you know, it's so funny that this is our topic today because I spent my day yesterday having a walk in the woods and meditating and taking a break from my life. And that was the big thing that came up to me and in my mind was all about that we have the opportunity, whether it's as a parent, right? right? Getting really triggered and just kind of bringing love in or whether it's in a situation on a scale where it's a much more, I guess, intense 
hate related topic that we can flip things by bringing love or gratitude to any situation. So I think that's, I, I love it. I mean, we actually have a, some, a, our producer, Sarah, who produces Parenting Unplugged Radio, who saw this originally and brought it to Todd and I, and she ended up writing this beautiful paragraph. She's Jewish, and she said she faced things like this her whole life about how we're able to diffuse things versus by fighting back and getting defensive, how we can diffuse them by kind of looking at somebody and listening and acknowledging their feelings and then bringing love to that situation. So that was this beautiful kind of thing that evolved in our office that resulted in us wanting to talk about it. And I want to make sure I'll, I'll share that with you. And I've asked her if it's okay. I'll share that with you guys. You can put it up as maybe a Great. blog post or something as well so your audiences can, can catch it all. But um, to the personal story, you know, here are these people dressing up as clowns, coming in with the humor, trying to lighten the mood a little bit and, and make you laugh sort of at yourself. That's something that Laura and I deal with a lot in the sense that Laura and I might come to a subject from the opposite sides or we're frustrated with each other. And so Laura will throw, try to throw humor in at me. And Something the, like cute butt. No, I mean... <laughs> Which which worked well, for about a, really which worked for about a week, um, <laughs> and I, then just annoyed him. But it was good. No, for a week. but but the new thing is that always <laughs> makes me laugh is that I'm sitting there and I'll get really really frustrated. I'm getting angry about something, and she'll just look at me and she'll just have that inquisitive look, and then she'll go. Did you take your probiotics today? <laughs> and I swear to God, every time except for once, it didn't work last week. The last week it didn't work. But at the same time, it, it, it works 99.9% of the time. Because I mean, it was true? Well, well one, yeah, yes. it's true. Every time it's, it's true. It's always true. He gets totally unreasonable, and I'm like, okay, this I can't even fight this with you. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, you're upset and about then, something that is totally... And, and he's like, that? God... Yeah. You know, it's totally... And I'm like, okay, did you take your probiotics? Because then we can talk. And last week, he was like, no. <laughs> and I'm still... And I'm like, so let's go do that. Well, I just feel that humor, we talk about this all the time, Kathy, is such an easy way to break the tension in any situation, especially between husband and wife, because mm -hmm. we all get on each other's nerves. And if we can use laughter to empower the situation, it's the best way of going instead of trying to win a battle. And you know what I think that we do a lot, and we haven't really discussed this, but we talk in like, I don't know if it's third person, where we'll say, well, sweetie seems really upset. <laughs> or something really kind of cheesy where it kind of takes our, it, it kind of buffers the, the vulnerability a little bit. Because when it's like, Todd, are you upset with me? Versus saying right. it, something it's too like, intense. honey, you know, yeah. So you use humor, but you also kind of use different language, you know, to back up from it. I mean, there are times that I do approach you and just say, are you mad at me? Because it really seems like, you know, you've had your earphones on a lot or right. you're on your phone a lot. Which, I'm zoning out. Yeah, you're zoning out. And I'll say, you know, real specifically, is there something you would like to tell me? But that's when I'm at that strong place. Well, there was, you know? I, I don't know. You shared this. Um, you were busy doing all this stuff and I was on my computer screwing around and it was something like, don't worry, I got the garbage or yeah. something like that. I was like, don't worry, I can handle all this stuff that you're not handling. Right. Don't worry, instead I got of it. instead of you, you know, getting really <laughs> mad and starting to get frustrated, saying, "What is your problem? Get off the stupid computer!" You made a joke out of it, and what did I do? I got up it and got his did attention. my husbandly duty, but. <laughs> It was um, that was an easy way of diffusing the situation. That's pretty good that you got up and did your husbandly duty because I think Todd would be like, "Yeah, no problem. Go ahead and handle all that." <laughs> Can you stuff. get the other one too? <laughs> yeah, there's another it. garbage. Or in honey, the back thank bathroom. you so much for handling it. I really <laughs> right. appreciate it. I'm going to go back to my computer. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just zone out again. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think, think I, I do remember cave. that that episode right. actually yeah. when you guys talked about that. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's I, hard. 
It is hard. I'm, I just wanted to say that with kids also, I yeah. find that that we have a friend named Aldi and he's so brilliant with kids. And anytime Connor gets really worked up about things, sometimes he's intense, our oldest, and Aldi will go, have you ever thought of eating frog's legs? Like in the <laughs> middle, middle of Connor completely losing it. And mm-hmm. Connor's like, what? And he's like, frog's legs mm. are really good. <laughs> but sometimes I like talking to frogs. Have you ever talked to a frog, Connor? And Connor's like, who are you? Yeah. It you almost know? makes him lose his train of thought about why he was angry. It gets it's detra- it's distracts Redirect. exactly <laughs> redirects. Yeah. And then he'll distract. do some joke like, "What's black and red and white, or what's black and white and red all over?" You know, and Connor's like, and he's like a sunburned penguin. <laughs> and Connor will just always start laughing. So yeah, I mean humor. And I'm, my problem is I get triggered, mm. right? And so to be able to be present enough with not going into my trigger mm-hmm. when my kids are losing it or speaking rudely or whatever else it is, right? To be able to just throw a joke back would be so brilliant. To play on that for a second, because like last night, we were having a meeting somewhere and there was this other family there and, and they three kids all under the age of five. And I'm like, wow, you know, kudos to you. And we're getting up to go away. And I look over and one of the kids is leaning over the, I mean, this is in a this is in a, a store, and he's leaning over the garbage can, spitting some food that he didn't like into it. Oh. Personally, I thought it was hilarious. I just started laughing. <laughs> we, both we both were like, like, awesome, man. And Obviously, I looked over at the dad, food. and the dad had this really, like, serious, mm. he was upset. And it was just like, okay. And as Laura and I left, I'm like, wow, they were really judging themselves, weren't they, those yeah. two parents? And, and I just sat there and thought, if you could just take a moment and laugh at the fact that your kid didn't spit it out onto his plate. Make, he went over to where he should. He went to the garbage can and spit it in. He didn't make a big deal out of it. Well, and don't you feel like, I mean, an issue that comes up a lot with parents is they take offense to their children so easily. They they get offended. You know, like, you know, you're not respecting me by doing that when really, like you said, he's doing exactly what his dad told him to do, you know, go to the garbage. But there's a, there's two things going on. They're at a restaurant, so there's the social. Yeah, they want to make sure they're perceived they're a certain perceived way. They're perceived a certain way and that they're not doing, you know, you're not respecting me because you're not eating the food I told you to eat. And so two things come into play, which is when, you know, you would say, Todd, you're an ego or when you're not mindful, you're just lost in that autopilot p- parenting place. Yeah, and that's a huge... That's a huge thing for me, I think, too, is that so what diffused it with those parents for me earlier? So I'd had the same parents come up and we were waiting in line for food and the little boy came up, came up and bumped me, which I thought was cute. And I got down on his level and I said, you know, are you OK? And he's like, oh, I thought you were my mom. He <laughs> came up and like started tapping me mm-hmm. and his mom came up and said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, are you kidding? I have kids at home. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was cute. And she's like, oh, thank you. You know, so many people are. So, yeah, it's a social judging yourself. It's but I found the diffusing piece on in my my opportunity for learning was for me to feel like I could be really accepting of her. And so she didn't feel judged. So what can I say to her to be like, it's okay. It's it's okay. I, I'm totally I'm, I'm here with you. We're all a part of the tribe together. And I think I even said that. Well, that's what it's about, right? We're a village. We're raising. Well, it's kids funny because sometimes, and this is a little bit different, but whenever I see a kid get berated at Target or Walmart by their mom or their dad, and it drives me nuts, and I always say, Kathy, what do I do for that kid? Because if I if I confront the parents, forget it. It's, right. it's a no win situation. But what you have said, and what I try to do, is just give the kid a smile and just know that, and hopefully he makes eye contact with you, and just know that things aren't this bad. The world is a good place. Yeah. There are people who see you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's tough because I it takes all my strength to not get in that mom's or dad's face because you know that mom or dad is the crazy one 
and that kid is just reflecting back on what those kids are, what those parents are putting out there. Well, and, yeah. and, and I also go to the point where I just think, you know, as I've said before, you know, adults are actually just bigger kids. Exactly. I, I, I don't change it the other way. It's just that's what we all are, and we're dealing with our own stuff. And so we're just, it, it's the same thing. You know, why are we getting upset? Because somebody got upset at us for doing that. And so it's not, it, as I often call it, it's hazing. It's just somebody's got to stop mm. it. Somebody's just got to step in and say, you know what, we're, we're not going to do any more hazing. And it kind of sucks because it's like, wait, that happened to me, and now I don't get to do it to anybody else, so I've got to, I've got to just, ugh. Well, it's like we're in that middle place. You know, I, a teacher of mine said this to me. Sometimes the people who are breaking the cycle have the hardest time, even though they get the, the good perks of it too, because they they had this experience, but they don't want to pass it on, so they have to do double work. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was – so two things. I read a mo- – Maria Montessori quote the other day that said it's actually the younger children that are more enlightened because they're closer to the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like they're more in their bodies and they're more real, right? That child who went over and was spitting in the garbage can, he's closer to being honest and authentic than his dad is who's getting frustrated for spitting in the garbage can. You know, like who cares that he's spitting in the garbage can, right? But societal norms have taught that dad that it's not okay for him to be spitting in the garbage can. So that piece is one. And then the other is that personal growth piece that I feel like we who don't want to continue the hazing, right? Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity and also almost the burden of being of doing the work for ourselves and figuring out how we unpeel those layers of that onion. And I feel like it's the same way that as parents, you know, it's so easy to fall back into, you know, I said something the other day and I thought, oh my gosh, there is my father. There it is. Wow, it just came right out of my mouth, mm-hmm. and I was not even conscious about that. So we have the opportunity to be more conscious in realizing not only when, we, when we're able to be present, but when we do mess up, to be able to say to our kids, like I stopped right there after I said it, and I said, I am so sorry. That was totally a learned thing for me, and I didn't mean that. And Connor's like, and you were so, you know, and he's like screaming at me, and I'm like, I was. I was just totally horrible, and I am so sorry, and I have no, you know, all I can tell you is that I'll try not to do it again. And that I caught it, you know? Yeah, that well, I and caught that's it. the not beating up on myself, exactly. right? We were talking, I, like, have that whip going constantly on my back, right? Because then we're teaching them, you know, as we always say, when you say, oh, I caught myself, you know, a few minutes ago when I just said that, we're teaching them that when they say something, because we're going to get into sibling rivalry to each other, that they can catch themselves, even if it's a minute or two later, and say, oh, yeah, I did say that. And then it's okay. You know, it's it's like, you know, there's the big mistakes, and then there's just the little kind of the comments that can be kind of the thing you can think, but you shouldn't be saying, and that you can catch yourself. Well, you talked about sibling rivalry. We should probably talk about our second part partner, and that is Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. And I wonder, I want to talk to our Parenting Unplugged uh, hosts here. Do you guys take do chiropractic care? Love it. Mm. Do you? Absolutely. I, I, and I come from Western medicine, so I grew yeah, up your with... your dad? Uh, oh, he was a heart dad? surgeon. Okay. And, you know, just no, no, no. And he could have used it, but um, I... He still could probably use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many places we could go. Um, different show, uh, another time. But the point being is that it, it actually it made a world of difference in me because um, I got bedridden because of just rinsing my teeth one day and it dropped me to the floor and mm-hmm. and uh, but then I had somebody in Denver when I was living there she had me back out in the golf course in two weeks Amazing. playing 36 holes so uh, if you can go and, and you're in Chicago by right. the way my old other hometown that's right I went to school up there well and that's what's cool is there's people we're in Elmhurst and that's where Tree of Life is but people from Chicago drive into Tree of Life Smart. now I know because Dr. Kelly's so awesome She's so if you're interested uh, uh, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care in Elmhurst Illinois 
uh, look them up on Facebook, or they're connected on our, on our page. So let's get back to sibling ri- rivalries, because my history, when I was growing up, me and my brother used to battle, like physically battle and fight and punch and do all this other stuff. And um, with our sister, it was a little, little bit of a different story. But even that was... Well, sometimes you ignored her, which is, a, which which is, is not a worse. nice thing <laughs> which in itself. Which might be even worse. Yeah, exactly. No and I, I'm, I'm a little fearful in saying this, but our girls are pretty well-behaved with one another. Like, I think their worst-case scenario is when they're just kind of screaming at each other. But they get frustrated. It, they rarely yeah. ever get physical. And maybe that's a girl thing. I don't know. You, what you do you guys, guys think? Have... I, and I'm going to ask this question because I actually want to <laughs> have a conversation about this because, you know, we have two boys. Mm-hmm. And even the differences I was laughing between your girls sitting in the meeting and the way my boys would be although yeah. Connor would probably be quietly sitting Drew would be like up and walking to everyone and like checking in and you know he's like never sitting still and um, I and and they our boys get into full on like wrestling matches and, and I'm trying to figure out ways that they can like tap out or do things because then they all, they get hurt every time and it's like okay that's going to be about five minutes before the scream and then you know and, mm-hmm. and we move on but Todd has a brother also so he's like well that's just the natural way of being a boy and I do think there's a physicality of being a boy but I don't think it has to be a violent physicality so he and I this is a disagreement point actually for us because I actually feel like there's a way to be a sibling and not have that like crash 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 all the time and then the interesting thing is that Connor and Drew like deeply passionately love each other of course you know so they get up in the morning and they'll like snuggle together or give each other hugs before going to bed like last night Connor was like oh it's so comfy here on my cozy brother I don't want to leave you know but then we have the other moments where they're like you know taking each other down and punching and hitting and I'm like why is this happening wait Laura (laughs) what what child are you I'm sorry, what? I'm the oldest. Oh, by how many years? Wait, what? <laughs> by four. Oh, that's right. Okay. So in so positive discipline, that actually makes me an only child? Is this what you're saying? Or what's, no, the, what's the point Sort here? of, but you were the oldest child. You had, I mean, you, that's right. I was a rock you were star. the queen slash king of the household. I did pull you around by his hair You dressed your sometimes. brother up I did, like a young princess. <laughs> <makeup>. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my point being here, you're sitting there going, I don't see what's wrong with it. It's fine. I dressed him up. Everything was great. That's that's brutal, A. B, you're not a second child. That you have not been walked on. That is not brutal. He enjoyed being dressed up. It was oh, a very boy. fun time. And, just, and he loves fact. it when you bring out the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, here here's two thoughts. Number one, I have a sister, and we actually did do the hair pulling, arguing fights. And, you know, not all the time, but I have memories of the ones that we did because, man, you don't hold back. You know what I mean? You're like, this is all my strength. This is all your hair. And I am rolling around. So I don't think it's always just male, female because we, but you know, it's kind of like we have to kind of step back and look at what the sibling relationship is. It's pretty much one of the most amazing learning environments as far as the most real and authentic relationship you can have with someone that you can snuggle in the morning and then 10 minutes later, maybe be rolling around on the floor and that you're kind of, you're in that full spectrum of emotions and you're almost that unconditional love piece where you're going to live with each other. you got to figure it out. But you get to kind of figure out how I feel, how I can react. My parents, you know, parents have to come in and help with tools. You know, aggression is not going to work, but it's the most natural response because you really can't. I mean, there are kids who do that on the playground, but you really can't socially do that or else you're going to be 
you yeah. know, called a bully or right. you're going to get in trouble with the school. We're in a, in a home environment. It, it, in no way am I condoning that hitting or aggression should occur, but you understand why it does. Sure. You know, it's kind of the stepping back and being like, okay, there's something very huge being learned. And then that's our doorway. That's our opportunity to say, I understand why you felt like you wanted to hit. You know, I totally get that. I know why you were so angry. But here, and I'm sure, you know, you guys have done this a million times, but here are some other options. You know, here is, you know, when you're feeling that, what else can you do? And so I listen to your show, so I know you do that. have you given them all these different tools to do, like, go punch the pillow and do other stuff? And if so, are they tools that they go ahead and use, or do they ignore it when, it, when the emotion catches the best of them? So I here's what I would say is that they actually I Drew is pretty good at using his tools. I think he goes to his room. Yeah, he uses his tools to hit his brother. I mean that's <laughs> what he does. No, okay. So the hard part about Drew is that he is super strong and he is super big. And he is stronger than he knows. And so what will happen, and this even happens to you, although you're kind of wimpy in my opinion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So it even happens to, to Todd where he will he'll run Drew will run at Todd and in love and he will completely he <laughs> will hurt Todd, Todd. Yeah, or <laughs> and knock him over or punch you him. Know, or, honey, how can you even say that? Sorry, but those are mine. And when he runs at me full bore, those are mine. The, you, you don't but know what that feels I, I like. I know I don't. I know I don't. You, all you did was birth what, him. Come I, on. You don't know what pain is. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen pain. That's right. It's only me that feels pain. That's right. But no, I mean, so I think that, so it's just hard because Drew is much stronger than anything. So what will happen is he'll do something, I think, usually out of kind of wanting to play with his brother or whatever and then Connor will get hurt and Connor is like okay that you know you just hurt me whack 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 and so there's not I I feel like and that's not Connor's natural way of being it is Drew's natural I mean he was like born a football player even though I'm like please don't play football he was born that way Mm -hmm. he just he's very physical he's very in his body he wants to work all the time he's that's who he is and Connor's much more in his head and much more analytical and so I just think, and, and, and then we read this great book that was given to us by Kathy Newman, who's at, at Sunstone Montessori, that says that we should stay out of it and allow them to find their own way, right? And so, and, and that actually has really helped their relationship, I think. The more we stay out of it, the more they find their own way. I mean, the more they put, they don't push as hard because they're like, oh, mom and dad aren't going to step in and stop me from killing my brother, so I might as well. I would just say that in regards to that, one, you got to step in if there's danger. Um, two, I think the biggest change for me has been instead of jumping in and resolving it for them and telling them, it's, it's okay, separate, cool off period, okay, come back quickly so it's still fresh and say, okay, how could we do this different? And, and you guys tell me. You guys give me answers. I don't care if you're three and five. I don't care if you're two and four. Just, you know what, because their answers sometimes, as strange as they may sound, are um, what works for them at that moment. Now I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Do I always do it? No. But that's that would be my ultimate goal. Well, and that's perfect because when adults come in and say, okay, here's how we're going to resolve it, they're doing it from an adult perspective. So a child's not going to understand, okay, I'm supposed to go do this or I'm supposed to walk over here. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to them. So they start integrating other people's ideas of what's best for them. And again, that doesn't mean that you don't, like you said, break up the fight and make sure that they you know, are in a safe place. But to have them come back and say what they thought happened, what they think could, you know, they could do better, because again, this is going back to what we were talking about before. 
these arguments, these fights are a training ground for them. It's it, as I say to parents a lot, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening. Do we, you know, it's like the parent who um, their two-year-old hits and then they come to me and they say, oh, Kathy, my two-year-old's hitting. You know, I can't believe they're doing it. I can't believe I raised a bully. I'm like, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're figuring out, boom, okay, drop the toy. I got the toy. Okay, that works. You know, that works <laughs> nice. for me. Nice. And then our job is to step in and say, yeah, that may have gotten the solution, but that's not the solution. That's not the tool you know, what we would like you to use because, you know, of the repercussions of the hitting. Sure. You know? Well, my take is I don't think that there are any hard – and I think a lot of times when we do these presentations that they, the parents want to know exactly what to do. And there are no hard and fast rules because we are dynamic human beings that have good days and bad days. When I'm, <clears throat> when I'm having a good day, I'll let them figure it out, you know, as long as they're safe. Hey, figure it out. Scream at each other. Scream it out. Um, there's other days when, you know, Wayne Dyer, who's one of our favorite authors, he used to say that whenever his parent, his kids used to fight, he would just get up and walk out of the room and just let them figure out. Now, when I'm having a bad day. Because he doesn't day, want that negativity yeah, around yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And he says a lot of the times that they're just competing for his attention True. anyways, True. and he's not going to give that to them. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this. Go to your room. Do You know, it's just, You're right. it's fluid. And You're try right. different things. There's no one hard, fast rule how to do it. And I love that you just said that. We just had Drew's parent-teacher conference on Saturday, and the teacher said such a lovely thing to us. She said, you know, right now this there's some regressions happening, and this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening. But the reality is you're going to go to sleep, and you're going to wake up tomorrow, and it's going to be totally different. So mm, you know what? Beautiful. I'm not going to obsess with what's happening right now with your child. And I feel like, especially in Drew's case, that because he's bigger and because he's kind of a ruffian, that people could place him in that bully category where it's really not his intention. And so I feel like he's really blessed to have these teachers that really get him and understand him. And yet when things are happening that are unsafe, they'll separate them and, you know, explain different things. But I I really, I love Wayne Dyer's way of doing it because that's kind of what I found to be the most effective because it is true. My boys are always fighting for my attention when they're arguing Always, and when I leave, they're sort of like, "Whoa, that yeah, didn't get much." Right. What, what? Especially Drew. Usually, he'll he'll like. I see him look to me and then go over and pull out a knife. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, "Wow, well, that was clearly going for my attention." And then Taking he, it to the next no, level, right? That's what he does. He just like ramps it up, baby, yeah, ramp it up. Right. So if I walk out of the room, which I don't even know what he would do when he picked up a knife, mm-hmm. right? He'd be like, "Whoa, that did nothing to <laughs> nothing." Mom. I'm going to put that down. Now I'm going to go get a machete. That's yeah, right. right. Go to the garage. But yeah, but and you're what right. What he's probably saying is notice me, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's the negative attention seeking versus positive attention seeking yeah. thing, which again is a whole nother show. But if we're giving them all of their attention based on the things that they're doing that aren't great choices, then that is going to be their way. Even if they don't, you know, it's more like an intuitive thing. Like they will say, well, I got attention, you know, this way last time. And so this is the way I'm going to do it again. And they, it may not even be a choice. It's just this, you know. Sen- this sense of being. And that's really important, I think, especially for Drew, because I find him acting out. And as soon as you give him positive attention yeah. for something like you don't even acknowledge that he did this over here, but you say, wow, buddy, I noticed in your room you had all those nights set up in that really, that that cool formation. Let's go check it out, right? He's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, so I do think that that's... Which might actually be kind of an answer to what I was just about to ask, which is, okay, we're, we're talking about all this, but okay, let's say, let's pull me out of this conversation. It says, okay, I'm a parent. I've got this civil, sibling rivalry issue. It's been going on for five, six, seven years. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And that's what they want. 
And and so I I would want to make sure that at least when people hear this, they can maybe take away a resource, um, whether it's, I don't know how you guys feel about the book, Siblings Without Rivalry. Um, I, Adele Faber and Elaine Maslish uh, write it. Uh, it. It's been very good for us. But what what can they do? And and I love that idea. It's just kind of the whole coming in with something positive. Mm. Right. And, you know, that's a piece. And the first thing that came to my mind, Todd, when you said that is when parents come to us and say things about, you know, my the, the siblings fight or they argue. The big question, this is a difficult question, but is how do you communicate in your home? Meaning how do you talk to them? How do you, if you, you know, have a partner, how do you communicate with them? Is yelling a common thing or is, because again, physical aggression, like hitting, obviously that there's a physicality to it, but it really is a lashing out and, you know, verbally lashing out is very similar. And so like what, how do you talk to each other in the home? Because a lot of times we talk to our kids through yelling, you know, that's just the way. But then when they talk to each other that way or talk to us that way, we're like, hey, wait a second, you know, (laughs) you shouldn't be talking to me that way. And so we have to have a common theme. And and that's always the difficult question, meaning they don't want to hear that. They want to say, wait, stop it for me, but I don't want to stop anything I'm doing. Yeah, they don't want to look in the mirror. Right, right. Todd. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, I'm laughing because it's like, I'm always, so thank you. It's so lovely okay. to have the two of you in the studio because I'm always saying things about like, we model the yes. behavior yes. that we, you know, and then I, I was actually laughing. I didn't point it out at the time, but just yesterday when I was taking my, my day and Todd had said clearly to me, like, you need to leave because you want to do this and you're not taking advantage of it. So I was in the bedroom getting all packed up to go, and I hear Todd, Connor's yelling something, and Todd's yelling, you will respect me. You will speak to me with a kind voice. And I was like, wow, that is such a contradiction. Like, I, what just happened there? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then, then there's, like, yelling. Down, and then Connor's walking away. He's like, Dad, give me some space. And Todd's like, I will not give you space. <laughs> I mean, like, I was like, wow. Todd's obviously really triggered right now. But I couldn't go in and be like, have you taken your, your probiotics? <laughs> Well, I'm really nervous when when the kids start asking me that question. But uh, yeah, I, I blew it. You know, I mean, right? Yeah. We all do. Right, we all exactly. do, though. But right. I had a great reconnect with him because at some point, that's when I got down on his level, and I just owned up to it. I'm awesome. like, because he said that he's like, you're yelling at me. You know? And that's what you need to do. You need to give yourself a break and say, I screwed up, and tell your kids, I screwed up. A yeah. lot of us parents want to be perfect, and that's you're not serving them, but. The live version of the show, we gotta we gotta cut off. We're gonna talk for just a few short minutes mm-hmm. afterwards. I got my tournament of bad all set up. Oh, good. Um, but uh, our last sponsor is Avid Company, uh, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. They the phone number is 630-956-1800. They have a 99 or 100 podcast special. Awesome. So make sure you mention that. So. Um, Todd and Laura, um, officially, thank you very much for joining us. Thank yes, you. thank you. Um, thank you for having us. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll talk for a few more minutes on the downloadable version. Have so, a great week. Have a great week. Adios. And doctor. A few more minutes? Yeah. Okay, More quick Oh, one. yeah. Sure. Um, I always, for some reason, it's all the same thing. I'm sure it's pretty much the same audience. I know, but, I, but we change. I'm don't always we relaxed. Time? I know we're always like the 28 minute mark. <laughs> okay, now I can be myself because that whole oh, first gosh. 28 minutes you is weren't totally yourself at all. Fake, you inauthentic. <laughs> um, so, anybody else have any any things? To, Are we done with the sibling rivalry thing? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of want to talk about how um, we parent uh, daughters and sons differently, but I think that's 
probably saved for a different podcast. Well, that's kind of a long topic. Yes. I, don't know I mean, it, it is interesting, though. I will say, even if we don't want to get too deep into it, it is interesting that you guys have sons and we have daughters. So we don't even really know each other's, you know, I mean, we can talk about it and you can read about it and you'll say, oh, my sister has this or my brother, you know, but really you don't know what home is like. Like, I have no idea what the energy of your home is like. And not just based on the parenting, but having more of the male, because you would say our home is very feminine. Well, I mean, focused. we do have Fred the fish, but he has passed he away. He did die. So yeah, that was me and Holly the dog. She also passed away. Yes. That's right. So we, we lost that So yeah, balance. there's a lot of uh, female energy going well, on. Well, why don't you say this, Todd? What do you think having all the women or the girls in um, in your home, you know, what does that look like to I you? I think it's more peaceful. Like I think if we had three boys, it would be freaking crazy. It would mm-hmm. They would be bouncing off the walls. And one thing that drives me nuts is... And I don't, I don't know what these girls are going to be like in their teenagers, but they, everybody tells me, oh, you're going to love your daughters, and then teenagers come, and then you're going to want to move away from them, and then when they're 20, then they'll come back. And whereas they say the boys are different. The boys are harder when they're younger, and then their teenage years, you don't have to worry about them as much. Yeah, and Stere- I, I don't, yeah, yeah, stereotypes. Total yeah. stereotypes. But I hear that all the time. I, and I think it's complete bull. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's because too many parents don't let their kids make decisions, and they don't give they don't allow their kids to have the inner locus of control. So once they kindly have that freedom, and they're teenagers, and they can drive and run, they're like, you know, yeah. see you later. See I'm going to go make my own decisions, and that's where the battle begins. But with you guys, you're you're that type that goes ahead and lets them be involved in the decision, make decisions, and so then there's no real combativeness. And I also I'm going to also put in that it's really tough to be a girl in our society mm-hmm. right now because mm-hmm. there's so, and it's really tough to be a boy. I mean, it's really tough to be both, mm-hmm. but I think that a lot of the teenage acting out, and, and I'll speak for myself in a time that was much easier, but was much harder than when my parents grew up, according to them, right? Mm-hmm. So this is an ongoing pattern. It's it reminds me of the, yeah, Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire song. Mm-hmm. But the point being that, um, I know, old we reference. start the fire. That came out when I was 25. Well, and again, that song is a great history lesson, just to say that if you ever want to use that in a classroom, it's a great song. It is a great it's a good song. video, the video too. I was just going to say, the video I remember in my head with all those images. Too. The point being that this is a cycle that we've been, right? And I think of my acting out, and a lot of it came from not feeling listened to. And and me, and I say this a lot on our show, being an alien and really feeling like an alien in, in my space because I didn't care about hair. I didn't care about mm. shopping. I didn't care about my eyebrows getting waxed. I really didn't care about a lot of the other things that girls seem to focus on. And even now, my staff dresses me, for God's sake. So obviously, <laughs> I still don't care about that stuff. And I, because I have my own world that I'm, that I exist in. Well, and what a gift, because I, what we always talk about in our household is to live from the inside out. And a lot of these girls live from the outside in because they see certain images on TV and yeah. they think that that is what brings their character value. And it is the ex, the exact opposite. So if we can somehow manage to bring these girls up in a world where they know that their value is lies on what's on the inside and not the outside will be doing, doing a good job. Well, and here's the thing. It's not that our girls aren't influenced by the outside. It would be, you know, irresponsible to say that, oh, our girls don't care about, you know, outside influences or magazine covers or what their friends think. That's not true. They're, they do come home with, you know, I would like to do this or I want to shop at this store. We're getting it. But the thing that that's most important is we want their sense that that bottom line value to be, we understand these things are important. 
important to you right now, but in the big picture, they're not really important. And that's kind of the language I use with them is, I'll take you to that store, but, you know, you had an understanding that the clothes aren't going to change your experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, know. Okay, but i got to ask this. I mean, yeah. do they get that? Because it's still the world. I mean, it's basically me, and you're just all living in my world, yes. whether I'm a teen or anything. So when you have that conversation, do, do they really get it, or are they giving you, you know, just lip service? You know, I can't, I don't know. I mean, that's probably the best thing I could say. I don't really know. But what I do know is we've been saying the same thing. And I was actually just talking about Skylar and the fact, you know, she's five. And even though we were saying similar things with JC and Cameron, I feel like we really honed it in about five or six years ago where, you know, with Skylar, it's all she knows where maybe JC and Cameron had a different part of us that maybe isn't as, you know, parent anymore. And what you're talking about is like letting your emotions out. Yes. The the conversations, just the the energy of our parenting we've refined every kid we get a little better and and obviously we're still getting better day well, let's by have day more. yeah let's <laughs> have more let's keep going Honey. um yeah no <laughs> but it's but the truth is is that i have a belief system that even though there's no way to do this perfectly and there's no way to believe that they're not going to be influenced by society it that their gut feeling that their that their sense of going to their heart that they know they can do that that they're going to get lost because i still do so how can I expect my girls not to? But that they will know to go to their heart and that that's a place, whereas I had to kind of discover that in my 30s and my 40s, like that my heart was a place to go. And that's what I was just going to yeah. speak to is that that was a total awakening for me. I mean, I wish I had had a mom that yeah. said that. And unfortunately, my mom is lovely and she did the best she could with the tools she had. But unfortunately, the way that, you know, it was the grapefruit diet and it was this diet and it yeah. was that diet and it was like, how do we get thin? And it was, you know putting the makeup on and whatever else. And I think that the reason that I didn't have an awareness of it is because it was so overwhelming to me. It was like, I just shut it down. I just couldn't, it just seemed, and it, and it didn't intuitively hit, but I didn't get that right. until I was older. Right. And that for me, it's like the tool of allowing our boys, right, to learn how to meditate. That's right. a big thing for me because I didn't learn that. And that has been my, it has been a lifesaver for me and it's totally changed my world. Mm-hmm. And f- so watch Connor when he got, re- I'll never forget that time in Hawaii when he got really upset and he's like, I need some space. And he went off and went and meditated in the woods. Mm -hmm. Like we could see him just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And he came back. He's like, okay, now I can continue the conversation. It was like, if I can just teach my boys that. That being said, I want to speak to something you said earlier, Todd, which was your house being wild if you had three boys. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is how it is. (laughs) You can vouch for that? I can vouch. It is crazy. And I come to your house the day that I came to your house and your girls were all sitting on the couch. And I was like, oh. Oh, the loveliness of girls. <laughs> and, and I bet that was actually a crazy day at their house. Um, I did want to pick up kind of, Lauren, what you were saying is, as I think, as we all have talked about this, the making, the admitting to mistakes is, is the, the tool that I would put out to people is, mm-hmm. I think about my relationship with my dad and my mom. I don't think, I don't know that my mom's ever admitted making a mistake. I know my dad Even has now? one time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know my uh, dad has admitted to one mistake that he made. Um and that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I just wish that even now, you know, that you'd be like, yeah, I messed up. Because when I screwed up the other day with Connor and we were kind of nose to nose just talking and, and, and in a good way, I admitted, I said, you know, I'm just learning a lot of this stuff now and I'm 44. Mm-hmm. You're eight and you're learning it now. And I'm thrilled about that, that you're... Um, you're learning this stuff so much earlier than me, man. You're going to be so much better. And it, it kind of was like, whoa, yeah, I am. And it filled him up with a lot of pride. I mean, he's, 
36 years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's, here's the other piece is, you know, for parents who are like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. It's actually a gift to yourself because it's like the forgiveness piece. When you are carrying around that load of I did that wrong, I shouldn't have done that, or your, your brain is trying to make you think you're so justified in doing it, so you have to stand that ground, you carry around that weight. And when you actually say, I did this this morning in the car, I felt bad about something that I said in front of JC, and I just turned around and I said, you know what? I feel bad about what I said in front of you, and I want to explain why. And just, you know, and she and she actually was like, uh, Mom, I totally get it, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, I needed to say it for me. I think if you want to give your your kids a gift, it is to make sure that they know that you're not even close to perfect. Because as kids, we always think our parents are perfect until we figure out that they're not. <laughs> let's just tell them. Let's, let's, let's let the cat out of the bag early. <laughs> hey, we are the farthest thing from perfect, right. believe me. And But here's the tools to handle being imperfect and human, mm-hmm. is that life is really a wonderful thing. Um, you know, the universe is good, as we were just talking about with Reverend Ed. You know, the universe is good, but it's good when you're able to own your humanness and not think you need to stand your ground and be right all the time and, and to that actually usurp that takes away your power and I think the perfectness too I think that for some reason I was raised with this idea that women are you know that moms should be perfect Mm -hmm. right they should make the sandwich and yet they can go to work and they you know bring home the bacon fry it up in a pan all those images that just aren't real it's like why do we why do we pretend that that's real? It is such a load of crap. It is. And Laura, that commercial is still ingrained in my head. I can yeah. bring home the bacon. I actually just said that to you about a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember that commercial? Um, you know, and that, and for us as little girls, that yeah. was ingrained, yeah. you know? Yes. Like I didn't know it was affecting me at the time, but really you're supposed to do everything seamlessly, flawlessly, and don't complain. Working nine to five, that was the other yeah, one. That's, yeah, yeah, totally. If yeah. this makes you feel better, I don't think either of you do it. <laughs> awesome. You know what? I really loved meeting Kathy because she was like, and I don't cook. I was like, hooray. That is well, like, can I say this? Because I know we're probably nearing the end here. I wanted to say to you guys, when you did come to Chicago and um, saw us that day, it was so beautiful because I we were in the middle of doing that cleanse that we talked about. And I had the night before gone to a gong bath, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's just like a sound healing. You know, you just lay and listen to singing and this gong. And both of you totally understood those things. Like I walked out and I was like, I have a headache because I'm doing a cleanse. You're like, oh yeah, the cleanse. And you're like, well, you probably shouldn't have gone to a gong bath. I'm like, I know. And it was just a really cool to be like, you know, with a couple who like is not questioning what is that or why are you doing that? Or you guys are, it, it was just really great. And I still had a headache the whole time, but I had such a wonderful time. And I just wanted to tell you that because I mentioned to Todd when you guys left that it was just nice to, again, be seen. You know, because I feel like a lot of times I have to explain myself. Like I'm not weird. These are just the and, yes, you, know, you are. I, well, a little bit, but in a good way. I'm She's cool. like my sister from another mother. That's though, right. You know? That's right. Because right. right. I'm like you're so cool. You're just we're just together. Yeah. And um, I wish you guys lived here. Yeah, okay. Let's uh, so tournament of bad. <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. Closing it out. We were on an airplane yesterday, and tournament of bad is something just uh, everyday annoyances. So whenever the plane is done and gets to whatever it's called when you get off the plane. Everybody, regardless if you're the first row or the 45th row, everybody stands up. Right. You've been sitting for three and a half hours. What's another? If you're in the back of the plane, why does everybody stand up? Because they want to be first. But they're not going anywhere. (laughs) 
It's our culture of competition. That's so true. I don't. Is it because they've been sitting so long they just want to strip? Because it it looks like they think that they're about to get off. Well, but they got 15 minutes to wait. Do you remember what I said? There was Todd wasn't getting up, which was kind of annoying me because I was in the middle seat, and so there was people going. I go, Todd, it's your turn. He goes, "Uh, we have to wait for our children. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. So even I was. So to all you airplane people, which I guess is all of us, (laughs) just wait until it's your turn to get up and then get up. And I don't even I don't even understand why it annoys me so much, but it does. I love that because I feel the same way. I always sit and it totally annoys Todd. He's like, <laughs> no, Get it doesn't. Up. And even the window. I love it. Why is the window guy? Because the window guy can't even stand up no. because he's going to hit his head. Yet no. he's but he stands up. crouched over. It's yes. almost like they can't compete to get off, but they can compete to stand up. Because yeah. <laughs> so, you couldn't win that one. That's right. So that's my tournament of bad. You got anything or no? I, I, I don't have a tournament of bad. Do you guys have any everyday annoyances you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, actually, I, I'm pretty good. You just summed up a big one for me, actually. That's right. There Thank you. you. All right. I, I have to say, I can't stand getting to the airport 12 hours early, but that's just me. Uh-oh. No, that's actually I do. Now, now I have one. <laughs> Get to the dang airport early. I know. My staff hates it. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so let's close out. So, okay. Todd and Laura... Thank, Thank you, you so much for opening up your office and your studio to us. This has been an absolute thrill. And, and just having us on Panga Team. This is just such a cool place to be. And we love being at the meeting this morning. And I loved just everything you guys did. I was just telling Todd that you guys should help other people understand how to run a meeting with love and grace because you guys do it. So thanks. Thank yeah. you. Thanks awesome. for being here, guys. And right. thanks for being on the air. No you problem. Bet. So this is Todd Adams saying adios. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.